0: You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, again Life was like a
1: box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see
0: Daddy. Here's Johnny! a lie. You can't handle the truth! Good morning, dinner! Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch! We
2: open on Charlie Kaufman!
1: Old, bald, repulsive. Cinematic hi, and welcome to the inaugural Cinematic Leap podcast, a podcast where we apply a six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Basically, the next movie must be linked to the previous movie by way of actor, director, etc. I am your host, Scott Geeran, and I am joined by two of my best mates, Michael Thompson oh, hi, hi. Oh, hi. and Glenn Greening. Hello. Gentlemen, how are we all? Yeah, good. Really
2: good. Really good. Having a uh, a dark ale tonight. It's very tasty.
0: Oh, very nice. Glenn? Yes. Uh, not too bad. He's having a Coke.
1: <laughs> Made <laughs> a few words Al Glenn. Um, so look, I'm really excited. We're we're about to start our journey into podcasting. Now we've we've tossed this around for a few weeks, actually more than a few weeks, probably a couple of months, in terms of how we're gonna do it. We we had a couple of ideas, but Michael, you had the ingenious idea of cinematic Leap. Can you give us a quick uh, rundown exactly of how it works? Sure. So uh, we start with a film. Um, you know, we've
2: we've actually you know had a practice one and we and then we, we pick a, an actor, a director, cinematographer, like a crew member, someone generally prominent within the film. Um, and then the, like, you know, the person, like, you know, we have someone who selected that film and then the next person from the team uh, picks, an act, picks the actor and then another person gets to pick the film that they might actually be associated with. So generally we never know really where we're going to go with the next one because everyone has, we have very different tastes and I guess yeah, like that's the leap. So um, you know, we're, I think we've got some you know cool things in store, um, and very different sort of journeys that we will go on. That we
1: don't know where it's going to end, which is good. No, it is going to be interesting. I've already tried to work out how I can manipulate this thing to get to all the movies that I like. Um,
0: so Glenn, I like, yeah.
1: thoughts? You're uh, you're quite happy when we decided on this on this sort of measure.
0: Yeah, I think this is a great idea because it randomises things and it means we might see something that we wouldn't choose ourselves, um, forces us to be uncomfortable potentially if if there's something that we don't want to watch but it's chosen and we're going with it. Um, but it's also fun to kind of steer it towards what you want as well. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Well, I like the I like the way you talk about that being uncomfortable and watch movies we wouldn't uh, usually watch because you've uh, thrown that out. <laughs> the... Uh, You've pretty much thrown that out right from the start. Um, As uh, Michael had said, we had done a practice. Um, We ended up choosing a a Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, Glenn, you picked adaptation, which is what we're running with tonight as your favourite Nicolas Cage movie. So uh, I'd never seen it and probably was never going to see it. So it was a good start. Uh, As I said, tonight we are doing the 2002 comedy drama adaptation starring Nicolas Cage, Meryl Streep and Christopher Cooper. Uh, also, starred Brian Cox, Tilda Swinton, Maggie Gillenhall. Uh, it was directed by Spike Jones. Screenplay was by Charlie Kaufman and Susan Orlean. Uh, and he's actually based off the book by Susan Orlean, The Orchid Thief.
0: It's the screenplay. Uh, she, she didn't do the screenplay, she just uh, did the book.
1: Huh. All right. Well, IMDb has already liked me, so that's a good start. Uh, it was nominated for four Oscars with Chris Cooper winning Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Cage was nominated for Best Actor, didn't win. Streep was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Um, I was also uh, nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, Also won multiple awards across the BAFTAs and Golden Globes. Budget 19 million, made 32.8 and was generally um, critically acclaimed. The critics seem to love it. She hates me.
2: She's disappointed. I could see it in her eyes when we met. I've got to stop sweating. Oh, she looked at my hairline. She thinks I'm bald. She's thinking I would never in a million years sleep with this guy. We think you're great.
0: Oh, thanks. Wow, that's that's nice to hear. To begin, coffee would help me think. Coffee and a muffin.
1: I'm going up to Santa Barbara
2: this Saturday, and I I was wondering. Oh. I'm sorry. Guys. So I'll just
0: be right back with your pie then.
2: Drum roll, please. I'm gonna be a screenwriter, like you. I'm putting in a chase sequence. So the killer flees on horseback, cops after them on a motorcycle. And it's like a battle between motors and horses, like technology versus horse. Susan, we would really like to option this. You wanna make it into a movie? I want to know what it feels like to care about something passionately. John LaRoche is a tall guy, sharply handsome. The book has no story. There's no story! Make one up. Okay, we open with LaRoche. No, we open at the beginning of time. Okay, we open with LaRoche. Crazy white man! We open on Charlie Kaufman! Fat, bald, ugly paces. I've written myself into my screenplay. That's kind of weird, huh?
0: I guess we thought that maybe Susan and LaRoche could fall in love.
2: I just don't want to ruin it by making it a Hollywood thing. It's like I don't want to cram in sex or guns or car chases or characters overcoming obstacles to succeed in the end. She's crying. What's she hiding from? I think you actually need to speak to this woman
1: to know her. People find love. People lose it. Every day, someone somewhere takes a conscious decision to destroy someone else. This is our best
2: dance. This is our best dance. This
0: is Who's gonna play me?
1: Oh, I think I should play me. So, Glenn, uh, you chose the movie. I shall throw it over Under to you for the synopsis.
0: Uh, yeah, just to clarify there. The writer, it does say on um, IMDb, writers, and then Susan Orlean, but in brackets has book next to her name. So she did do the book. Um, the screenplay was Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman. Um, all right, but we'll just go through the synopsis. Um, so just jump in with any comments as I go, because this is a long synopsis. I so can guarantee uh, that, Glenn. You so, yes, that. Any, any thoughts or comments as we go, we can just... Dis- <laughs> And um, just to be clear, I love this movie, um, and I think we'll see what opinions you have as we co- as we go along. But basically it starts with Charlie Kaufman. Uh, seems to be very insecure, but um, has just had a small success getting Bean John Malkovich made. Um, he's offered a job adapting a book, which is about flowers, um, but he has trouble starting. He has writer's block. Um so we then meet uh, John LaRoche, who uh, he is um, getting some flowers from a swamp in Florida um, illegally. Well, I think it's illegal. Um, and then we cut back to Charlie Kaufman trying to write this script, which we are actually watching. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, it's hard to get your head around, but and it's hard to describe, actually, as well. Um, but he's, he's excited. He wants to do something different, and he's like, a movie about flowers—that's never been done before—and so yes, he's excited to do that. Well,
2: let's dispute, like you know, the like the idea that he wants to do something different. Uh, you know, the the actual writer struggled to kind of get this screenplay to go. Like it's based on his actual experience, and it's a—I think it's a hot mess—and it's basically a meta kind of portrayal of his own hot mess trying to actually make this movie a thing. Carry on, Clay.
0: Well, it is a bit of a mess because he, as as we see, he he struggles um, with the writer's block, with not knowing where to start. And so we see uh, Meryl Streep Susan, playing Susan Orlean. She meets John and um, she gets starts to get to know him, asks him some questions, goes in his van. And we assume this is more pages of the script that is being written in the other scenes with Nicolas Cage. But this is also what happened um, in her book, Um, so then we see, uh, Charlie Kaufman's love interest, which is his friend. Um, but he's so focused on his, well, he seems so focused on his work that he doesn't notice that there's a spark there and she's kind of a bit, I don't know, she doesn't really know how to react. Um,
1: well, she was obviously very keen. Like, and this is, I guess, and we'll discuss it. We might discuss it later on, but this is where I think Nicolas Cage's performance is outstanding. Because at times I just wanted to slap him. Like, he was giving me the absolute shits. And this is what, we're probably 15, 10, 15 minutes into the movie, and I just felt like slapping this bloke. But I think that's the the beauty of, of his performance. And but I think it, um, it is a good um, performance. Part I, like of like, uh, um,
2: I I think it's definitely to highlight the, the character. Like, it's definitely his performance highlights the character's neurosis, you know, that kind of, like, you know, insecurities, um, you know, that. That is like you know that is there like you know um, and we get that from that character from that sort of scene is like this guy is super awkward. Okay, back to the synopsis. Uh, back yes. <laughs> and
0: so we cut a bit back and forth between uh, John Laroche and Susan Orlean, and then we cut back to Charlie writing, and then we meet Charlie's brother Donald, his twin brother Donald, who's also played by Nicholas Cage. Um, he's reading a, a very uh, popular screenwriting book by Robert McKee, and. He's uh, talking to his. He's just decided he wants to write a script as well, and uh, says to Charlie, you know, you know, uses terms like the industry and pitching his script. And Charlie's like, "Don't say those words," you know. He's like, "You're so trying to be Hollywood," and um, yeah, it's quite interesting that they're so different. Um, And anyway, we go a bit forward, and then we're at a Susan's at a dinner party dinner party, laughing about John Laroche. Um, laughing about his teeth and the way he wears his sunglasses around his neck, um, they all laugh. But she wishes she was passionate about something as John is about plants, and her voiceover becomes Charlie Kaufman reading through reading through the book. Um, so the book, his reading's full of notes. Um, he's in a cafe reading. The waitress sees the book and she says, "I love orchards." And suddenly they're they're at a flower show, and she takes him around the back. And this was for me where it started to feel like, hang on. I thought this was kind of realistic and real, but this doesn't seem real at all. And then all of a sudden, he, he's in his bed, and it, it's not real. It's just him. It's fantasy. It's his fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she He gets creeped out later. Yeah, I think that's. It's <laughs> a true story of this yeah. writer with low self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a dream. So it still feels real to me. I'm watching this movie. It all feels real. Um, he, uh, his fantasy gets interrupted by his brother, Donald, who comes in at, with his script idea and tells Charlie about his script, which is ridiculous, about a serial killer who is also the cop. his multiple, multiple personality <laughs> disorder. With, he, he's also the cop and also the person abducted. And and, he, and, and Charlie says, how will this work if it's all the same person? And Donald says, well, I trick photography. And it's funny because they're doing the exact same thing with Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage in the same scene. And uh, anyway, so <laughs> I, we're back. <laughs>
1: I actually, I yep. actually like this, and and this is where I think Nicolas Cage as an actor actually really was outstanding in this movie. Was you, the complete these two brothers are the the complete polar opposites of each of each other. One's completely neurotic and has low self esteem and and can't talk to women and and all this sort of stuff, whereas his brother is, you know, he's fun, he's happy, he's outlandish, he's, and, you know, he's he's just got this idea of a script and he just continues to think of ideas and he keeps going to his brother, oh, can you help me out with this? And, you know, Charlie's able to help him out, just obviously because he's he's an extremely good screenwriter, but it's just the way, you know, the, the brother just seems to be coming up with ideas and trying to move things forward and it's a really nice early example of just the complete polar opposite of the I mean, brothers most most of the time like you know uh nick's portrayal of charlie is that he's
2: irritated with his brother donald like you know it's like ah, oh, how you know how do you you know interact with me about your kind of lame ideas um yeah that that's often like you know how i saw the funny funny story i think when i very first saw this movie back in the 2000s um i think it was probably you know at glenn's insist- insistence um I actually thought, like, you know, know, there was that multiple personality thing that Donald was like a multiple personality. Like, he was like, you know, you don't, like, you know, know, I thought, is this, is this like a, an aspect of his personality? Is he seeing him like, you know, thing? Um, But of course, you know, that didn't play out.
1: Um, No, it's funny you say that because as part of, obviously, as we're starting to do these podcasts, I I start to take notes just... Um, some questions that I'll have which we'll go through some questions later on in the pod um, and that was actually one of my questions is is Charlie actually, is, is Donald a figment of Charlie's imagination in terms of who he wants to be and it he, is he, like a multiple personality or is it like a, a yeah, like a figment of his imagination of what he wants to be or well, is it, the, and, the, and then the, later on I found out it's his brother, I'm going, oh, okay, fair yeah. enough Given the meta nature <laughs> yeah. of the
2: whole script like, you know um, That's Charlie Coleman has a... imagined this brother, um, you know, who is interacting with him in the script um, as he yeah. writes the script. So um, all of these things is true. <laughs> all right, can well I get, said, back? <laughs> get back to this thing.
0: All right. I'll go back to the synopsis. Yes, it's very long. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so we're back in the cafe. Uh, and uh, he's reading the book in the cafe again, and the waitress is impressed with his orchard knowledge. Um, she seems really interested, and he gets quite excited, but it's really just good customer service, and it's what you do. But he interprets that as, I think she likes me. But as soon as he asks her to um, accompany him up to the flower show or whatever it is he's going to, yeah, she she doesn't like that. It all goes bad.
2: Well, I mean, serial killer vibes, you know. That's, a, that's definitely like, you know, hey, I've met you for the second time. <laughs> Come to this orchid show with me.
0: It'll be great.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> and so yeah, he, he goes to the flower show, starts thinking about all the different flowers, and then he starts thinking about all the different women that are there and how different they are, and it just seems very sad. <laughs> <laughs> just seems very sad and lonely. Um so <laughs> So we cut back to John LaRoche and Susan Orlean driving in the van. He starts talking about people that hang around him because they are lonely. Um, she has the realisation that this is maybe what she's doing and maybe she's lonely. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just Charlie riding himself into her character because we just had that last moment. Um, anyway, so back on the uh, Being John Malkovich set, Donald is getting along with... Um, the the crew and he he's um, asking Charlie for advice and Charlie's just sort of keeping quiet there um, all the actors are just ignoring him um, everyone seems to
1: well, everyone seems to love Donald like yes whereas Charlie just can't seem to interact with anyone and he, it's mm. again it's that polar opposite you've got yeah um,
0: and. Yeah, Donald asked Charlie for advice with his script, and he just gives him a stupid idea about a serial killer who cuts up bodies or something. And Donald loves the idea, but he was just joking; it wasn't even a real like. It was just a stupid, dumb, cliche idea. But yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah, same at the party. The next scene is the Hollywood party, and Donald's you know doing well, and Charlie just wants to leave. And his old his friend from the beginning is with another guy, and yeah, he's just a mess. Charlie's just a mess, as usual. Um, and all of a sudden, we, we go back to how how did... His, I guess, was this a voiceover? I'm reading my notes. I can't remember. But he thinks, how did flowers begin? And then he cuts back to Charles Darwin and evolution, and we all come from the same beginning. And then he thinks about tying all of history together. Um, and he's inspired. He's finally inspired that he's got this beginning to his script. And all of a sudden, we...
1: Well, this actually ties mm-hmm. into the start of this movie, mm-hmm. like the, the way this movie have, as you said, like it's uh, nipples it, cages it it's at the start, also, yes. but, and then it shows the start and the birth scene. What we saw It was, was a touch that's disturbing, right, yeah. but yeah, it does, it shows that, you know, you, there's a big bang and then there's all these, the dinosaurs and yeah, you know, they get wiped out by a meteor and then, you know, the, the fish crawls out of the sea and all that. So that's sort of what he's starting to explain now is actually the start of this movie. Which is, yeah, which is quite incredible.
0: Yep, yep. So it's like him getting the idea for the beginning of this movie that we're watching. Um, Anyway, then we cut back to the Susan Orlean story and uh, she calls John LaRoche, asks him about the nursery. Um, And he, he tells her about why he's not got his own nursery anymore and it cuts back to nine years earlier when he's reversing his car out the driveway and all of a sudden... He has a big car accident, knocks his teeth out. That's how he lost his teeth, and his mum and his uncle die, and then the hurricane gets his nursery soon after that. So you get a bit of backstory about him.
2: Great example of showing um, And then don't we're
0: tell. back. Yeah, and then we're back um, with Charlie, and he's at lunch talking about the. Oh no, this sorry. We're back with Susan, and she's having lunch talking about her article being expanded to a book, and. They're asking her they want to make it into a movie um, and that yeah they have a screenwriter to write it. Um, and now we're back with Charlie getting a cold. they want the draft. he's surrounded by a mess of books and looks like there won't be a draft ready anytime soon. and then suddenly he's in bed with the with the um, agent or the producer or whoever she is um, and she's calling him a genius but yes obviously another fantasy scene. That one didn't trick me. (laughs) Um, We then go through a series of quick scenes trying to get a good start to the movie, quickly cutting through things we've seen. Gosh, my notes make no sense. (laughs) That's all (laughs) right.
1: Let's do the movie, just quietly.
0: No, I think it's all in his head. There's stuff going on in his head where he's regretting taking on the movie, should have kept doing his own stuff, this sprawling New Yorker shit. I can't write this. There's no story. I want to make one up no I want to grow as a writer I want to do something simple show people how amazing flowers are which you know it just sounds stupid I would not like that movie (laughs) Um, and at the same time his brother's script is going great it sounds bad but yeah he's loving it the brother Um, John takes Susan to go find that flower and now Charlie can't sleep fantasizes about Susan Orlean now doesn't want to let her down um, he has the opportunity to meet her, but he can't. Uh, he has no understanding of anything outside of his own panic and self-loathing. He realises the only thing he's qualified to write about is himself. Then he gets the idea, and we hear the idea of the beginning of this film. And if, if that uh, doesn't tell you, it. like, you
2: know, because uh, like, you know, obviously he got the idea to write this film about himself writing this film about this mm. book.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the actual whole... This part of the movie is the actual fact in terms of what actually happened. So, mm. it's... Um...
0: So, yes, he realises he's pathetic because he wrote himself into his own screenplay. And then we cut to John LaRoche and Susan talking about the movie and they're saying, who will play me? And I thought it would have be been great if they mentioned the actors that are actually playing them, which would have been fun. Um, they get lost in the swamp... Um, Charlie goes to New York to meet Susan. He, he he can't get out of the elevator and she gets in and he just doesn't say anything. Um, his agent calls him while he's in New York, loves the brother's script. And so Charlie decides he's going to go to this Robert McKee seminar. <laughs> and I can't really hear what Robert McKee's saying because Nicolas Cage's voiceover is just going all over the top of it. But it does cut out in time for... Robert McKee to say, and God help you if you use voiceover. It's been lazy screenwriting, <laughs> uh, which is quite funny.
1: This is actually one of my favourite parts of the movie. Just it's yeah, when he goes. To the, it basically just takes the piss out of the whole movie in mm. this one small yeah. segment. It's actually quite really well done. It was a really really well, really well done.
2: I did like Brian Cox's bit. So, interestingly, the uh, the Robert McKee has mm. gone on record saying that he actually doesn't think. Uh, voices uh, uh, ladies, that actually can be useful, as provided it's telling you parts of the story, just not telling you what's on the screen. So,
0: uh, very interesting. It's oh, good, good pick up. Um, yes, and uh, he into he asks the question in the seminar and gets yelled at, and he he wants to write a movie that isn't you know big Hollywood ending, big you know car chases and drugs and all this stuff. He wants a movie about. People where they don't grow, they don't change, nothing happens because that's what life thats what life is. He just wants a movie that shows flowers as God's miracles. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> and uh, Robert McKee's advice in the end is just wow them <clears throat> in the end, find an ending, don't cheat. Characters have to change and the change must come from them. Um, and so, yeah, the advice is wow them in the end. Um, he calls... He also, Charlie calls... Cor- sorry. Yep. Uh, he also says at that time where...
1: Um, I can't remember the exact way, but Charlie Kaufman or Nicholas Cage says that life isn't interesting. And, and um, Rob McKee basically goes right through him and says, what do you mean life's not interesting? Every day there's something happening. Every day that someone's yes, getting yes, hit by a car or every day someone's giving birth. or I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, yeah, he made yeah. the point that if you think that life's interesting, that's more a reflection on you as opposed to what actual well, life, life if, is life If, if
2: not, nothing happens in life, then, yeah, that is a reflection. That's the the
1: idea. Yeah, that was a mm-hmm. that was a really good point. And this is where I think the movie really starts to kick on.
0: Maybe, yeah. So um, he calls up uh, Donald, his brother, and he sa- says, "Congrats on your script because it's going so well." His crazy, stupid script. Um, anyway, he asks his brother, "How would you end the script?" I need, you know, I I need to make I need to wow the audience. I need to make it big. So Donald comes out to New York and meets up with him and. He Donald goes to meet Susan because Charlie's too scared to go meet her. Um, well, he makes and the point about
2: it. there's something missing, like you know, doesn't he? Like he says that this isn't all there is. There's something missing, and like she hasn't told us something through the book. So
0: yeah, he also says you're making fun of me in this script, <laughs> and uh, Charlie's like, oh yeah, sorry, and he's like, no, no, it's funny, it's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> But she go yeah, he he goes to the office and meets, asks her some questions, but then he thinks she's lying straight away. She's lying. Um, and then they spy on her, um, they get some binoculars, <laughs> and some, somehow across from her all of a sudden looking through a window and uh, <laughs> um, she's booking flights to Miami. So they just go to Miami, follow her. And this is where it really becomes a different movie. Um, yeah, oh, there's also the website stuff where she's doing pornography with um, John LaRoche on his website. And um, so they're back at the swamp. Um, and... Don't they, don't Susan... they go to the, the
2: house first? They, that doesn't... Charlie kind of sneak into the, the house? Is
0: that... No, no. Um, sorry, Susan and uh, LaRoche are back at the swamp and they find the flower. And then... That's right. Suddenly, yep. suddenly it's about drugs. <laughs> yep. And so... Then she's in the hotel room and she gets the package from John LaRoche and it's drugs in the package. Um, And then they have that weird phone call where they're going, oh, whatever, over the phone, which is really annoying. And then they hook up in the van and then, oh, that must have been a dream. Anyway, she gets picked up at the airport and Charlie follows. um, And they go, yeah, Charlie and Donald watch them go in. And then they see they, Charlie follows them in, sees the greenhouses, they do some drugs and have sex, etc. Charlie gets caught, they question him, and they're like, Are you going to write about this in your screenplay? And then they're like, We have to, she's like, We have to kill him. And this is, this is the point where, well, for me, it's like, Hang on a minute, this movie felt so real up until now, but what, what point did it become fiction? It just all of a sudden it escalated. Um, the book, yeah, because the book is real, the write, the characters are real, the writers are real, the people are real, so it's like, oh, it's just, it's good. Anyway, they drive out of the swamp with um, Charlie at gunpoint. Um, Donald is hidden in the back and he saves Charlie. They hide out in the swamp and they bond a bit overnight while they're stranded out there. They hide for the night, come out in the morning. John accidentally shoots Donald. They jump in the car and drive, crash into the cop. Donald goes through the windscreen and dies. Um, there's a chase through the swamp. It's all happening. It's all action. It's all Hollywood now. The crocodile, crocodiles are there, people with guns, and Charlie's right in the middle of it all. But then just when he's about to shoot, um, he gets He gets grabbed by the croc. LaRoche, that is, yeah. Well, and then Charlie's fine, and he's calling his mum. Yeah, LaRoche gets t- taken by the crocodile. Um And then Charlie's out calling his mum. Then he's at home at the table again, but Donald's not there anymore because yes, he's he's gone, and he's just writing the ending we just saw. And then there's a scene with his friend from earlier in the movie, and he's almost finished the script, and he's happy to move on. And then he kisses his friend, and she's like, "Why are you doing this now?" And he's he's like, "I love." He tells her he tells her he loves her. So he's grown. His character has changed. He's gone through what he didn't want to have his characters go through in the beginning he's grown as a person and he's changed which is exactly what he said he didn't want to do Um, so he's inspired he knows how to finish the script and oh that's right he gets the idea of how to finish his script and the idea of how to finish his script is getting the idea of how to finish the script which I just think (laughs) is the perfect ending. In which he drives away, (laughs) something like that. Um, And my one comment that I think could make this movie still slightly bit better would have been in the swamp where they're threatening to kill him. If he had just said, I'll just say this bit's fiction in the script, I'll say this bit's fiction, because it would have just made it even just that slightly bit better, I think. But yes, that's the end. We got there. Sorry, it's too long. (laughs) Look,
2: I've got to say, uh, reliving it through this synopsis um, was just was almost as painful as watching the film. <laughs> but oh, thank you, Glenn. <laughs> it's not your synopsis. Uh, it was just reliving the yeah. film. It was like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> look, it, look, it's a tough... I mean, you, look, you've obviously put in a lot of work. It's a tough synopsis because it's a tough movie, um, I think, to really around. fully get your yeah. head around. It jumps around. And I think it is a movie, not that I intend to re-watch it. I have... I. I have basically watched it twice now, um, which is probably two more times than I would have watched it if we weren't doing this podcast, and probably one more time than I really wanted to. But what what I did find out is it makes a lot more sense when you watch it a second time, um, and mainly because it's having watched it the second time um, earlier today, the opening meeting where he meets where he gets the offer to to do the screenplay for the book. The opening meeting, they're asking you know how you're going to do it and all that, and he goes, oh, I just want to do it in flowers, and I want to, I really want to stay true to the book and all that sort of stuff, and the the agent sort of going, oh look, you know, we're hoping that you could do like a love story between you know Laroche and Susan, and he's going, look at you know, what you, he said something like, I don't want to get, I don't want it to have like you know drug running and and be about awkward poaching and stuff, and I don't want to cram in you know sex and guns and car chases. Um, but that's exactly chances. what we that's exactly what we get in the movie and, and you, you watch it the second <laughs> yeah, time yeah. and you actually see this opening scene and you go, But this is exactly what we get, exactly what you don't want to do is basically the whole movie is how we get to it. So um yeah, that you've done well with the synopsis because it's a bizarre a bizarre movie, that's for sure.
2: I think anything
0: we like can you know, tell you why movie. I love it so much. Okay. I'll listen to this. No. Nope.
2: <laughs> you go, go Michael. Oh, no. No, no, I was going to... gonna. I was gonna go you okay, you go, Glenn. You tell us why you like it and then... We'll right, shoot let, me t- let me
0: go. And then you can take it all down, Michael. Um <laughs> So this come out... When this come out, you know, I was literally probably reading that book by Robert McKee at the oh, time which is just on my shelf back know oh, yeah, um, I, I was writing was wondering of you actually of of things at the time I was wondering if you actually um, read the, the I was Orchard writing theme. a lot at the time did you read the author? Oh, no. well? it looked no no I keep seeing it at the library but gee it looks like a boring book I'm sorry but it, <laughs> it just,
1: <laughs> 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 sorry to Susan Orleans if you are reading this yeah. or listening to this ever
0: yeah. <laughs> um, it's a great movie and I don't. I just don't think the book is for me, to be honest, um, about flowers and whatnot. Um, but yeah, at the time this came out, I just really identified, I guess, with the character because I was uh, I was writing a lot of stuff and I was obviously struggled with a lot of ideas and how, where to start or where to go with things. And it just felt so. And just after being John Malkovich as well it was such a great movie for me. Um, it just I just really identified with it and I really just enjoyed the. The way it was aware of itself, kind of, and just the cleverness behind it all. I just love all that stuff. So, so I go, mean, ahead, Michael.
2: Well, I guess like, and you said the cleverness, but I think it we we look at it, you know, well, you look at it past I you know, and it's it's not clever. Like it's like the guy struggled to write about something, so you just gotta write and better struggle. It's very meta in that start. It's a movie about itself, which is about itself. And I just didn't. I don't find that interesting. And I guess, like you know, I mean, for me, and you know, I identified some time ago, I don't like stuff about people and their baggage, per se. Like drama is not my my genre. And I guess that's probably why I didn't quite enjoy it um, as much. So there's that. You know, that meta kind of film <coughs> didn't really kind of gel with me. And you know, even the even the writers um, said he struggled. Um, So he just wrote a film about him trying to write the film. Didn't actually meet Susan Orlean and then put it in and thought, this is the end. This is like, my career is going to be over after this. And and it didn't. Somehow they're gone. Let's throw some money at it. What did you say? 19 million? 16 million?
1: No, 19 million made 32.8. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. Like, you know, and critics are getting a lot more trouble lately
2: when they kind of make, you know, judgments about these things and... And audiences, who were the real kind of, you know, tell of how good a film is, uh, they're writing more of the, they're kind of showing that what is actually sort of like, you know, good to watch. And you wonder if it only made 32 million, audiences didn't like it that much.
1: (laughs) Uh, Look, I'm probably Um, sitting in somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I certainly didn't love it. Um, I didn't hate it and and I guess my score that we'll do at the end of the the film will um reflect that I look I thought at the start of the movie that it was batshit crazy like I had I honestly had no idea I thought we've got Donald who's a figment of an imagination I've got no idea what the what the hell's going on I didn't it it took me a while just to get my head around in terms of okay so he's talking about a screenplay that he's writing and hang on there we're going back to the style he's now thinking of the start of the film, which I've already watched, and all this sort of stuff, but it it did actually build nicely. Um, went completely different way than what I ever expected. Thought it would, um, and even so, it had some good action at the end. I, I do love a good action movie, and I did I did enjoy it as it built into that. Um, I think it is clever the way it's done. He's a guy that simply can't write. He's been given the opportunity to write a screenplay about a book. He can't do it, so he writes a screenplay about him writing a screenplay about the book that he can't write a screenplay about. Yeah. So it's, I, I think it is well it's done. Um, and look, I think the only thing that really makes this movie work is the fact that you've got good quality actors in the key roles. Nicholas Cage, I thought, was outstanding. The he is way outstanding. he was able to do, yeah. the way he was both able to do Charlie, who's, you know, just this uh, like a, a complete loser and low self-esteem and and really struggling to. Then you've got his his brother, who is also Nicholas Cage, who is, you know, funny, outgoing, you know, really engaging to both you as, uh, as the viewer, but also obviously to the people within the actual movie itself. Um, Meryl Streep, look, Meryl Streep's effortless in pretty much everything she's in. So, um, and I really like Chris Cooper. Um, I, I really only knew Christopher Cooper probably from um, I think he's been in a couple of movies, The Town, which I loved, but mainly from the Bourne movies. So to see him take a real key role in this, even though he, he had a fairly sizable role in the Bourne series. or well, Bourne sorry, in the well, first, singular. Just, yeah. yeah, just the first one I think he was in. Um, he was really good. Um, to see him in this, um, I thought he was outstanding and hence the reason why he, he did win an award for it. So I think if you didn't have that, if you had lesser actors, this movie would have... Would have been lucky to make back its 19 mil but I think you put the good people in the right roles and I think that's how it's the only real reason why this thing worked because it was it's just a completely crazy movie that probably shouldn't have worked but did all right so we might just move on um favorite scene glenn I'll go over to you this is this is your this is your baby you've probably got several but what would you put down as your favorite scene
0: uh there'd probably be a handful it's too hard to say but my least favorite is all the action at the end because it just wasn't real or it just was not. I loved all the stuff about writing, all the, the stuff like the ending where he's talking about um, I've got an idea for the perfect ending. And then you see the perfect ending as he's getting the idea for the perfect ending with the voiceover. And just bits like um, where Donald says, oh, my... My serial killer is represented by broken mirror pieces and it reflects their broken personalities and blah, blah, blah. And in this same shot, you've got a mirror with Nicolas Cage in the mirror and Nicolas Cage. And it's like, oh, it's just so good. And um, just all the stuff about writing and the ideas and the way it all links together and the beginning and the way he comes up with stuff that you've seen already. Or that, yeah, it's just, I love all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Mike, your favourite scene? Uh,
2: the credits. Uh, finally, it marked it was over. Um, <laughs> ah, uh, look, you know, I guess um, the, there was the there was something nice a voiceover bit too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> voiceover for you. Um, the like, you know, Nick Cage. Nick Cage's performance, despite my dislike of the film, was good. Like, you know, I didn't, you know. Um, Particularly because, like, it's something different about his voice as well. Like, he usually has a, a much, like, there's more bass in his voice when you kind of usually hear it. But um, yep. <laughs> one of two things have kind of happened in that regard. In there, they've either kind of, you know, Nick has pitched his voice up for the role, um, or they've actually kind of cut out some tones for his recording. Um, but I guess there was that sort of, like, you know, the the log scene at the climax where, like, he is talking about life. You know, he has that scene final beautiful scene with donald um yeah, that was kind of nice um yeah i mean i mean for the most part though this is really difficult to find uh, something redeeming about <laughs> a, i don't know It, was, it was it's a, it was a like you know i remember watching the first time going i oh, think i don't have to watch that again um and i and, you know thanks to glenn i had to watch it again
1: yeah, it's been 20 years down the track, you did a movie podcast, and now you've got to watch it again. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: and um, there's no way it was going to happen, like, second time like you did. It like, mm-mm, no, I can't, I can't. Like, you know, despite Nick Cage's solid performance, and it's just, you know, that whole, I'm just, you know, like, I get some meta things that are, you know, things about itself that, I don't know, I just, I'd really struggle with the premise, um. That was not something, I, I, you know, I'm just too old to kind of really invest time with people kind of sorting out their shit, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so right, let's go you know, pre-climax scene. Maybe I dogs.
0: should have. <laughs> I probably should have picked my other favourite Nicolas Cage movie, Michael. Maybe you would have liked that better. The what was Linger that one, Glenn? Christmas movie.
2: Maybe. I mean... <laughs> I'll watch My the cage,
0: favorite. but maybe if I picked yeah.
1: So I look for me favourite scene I probably had I probably had two. The which what the first one will sound a bit strange. It's the LaRoche uh car crash scene. Which just because from it's from that that's part of the movie, obviously then we start moving into more of the action stuff. But that's that's where you really start to see the connection between LaRoche and Susan and the way it sort of builds, you can see that she's really starting to get connected with him. So it's not just the actual car crash, but it's the conversation that happens after that. And you can start to see that she's getting tied in to, to this guy. Um, and the second time, the second favourite scene for me was when Charlie, after basically telling Donald that these seminars are crap and you'll never learn anything, he realizes that he's got no idea, and he has to go to the seminar. So he goes to the seminar, and the seminar basically takes the piss out of um, this whole movie, you know, in a lot of senses. You know, the bet, yeah, the fact that it's got no direction, the fact that you don't use voiceover, and all these sorts of things. So um, that that whole that, those two parts are were, were probably my favourite parts um, of the movie. It's interesting though, like because yeah, yeah. you could almost
2: argue that, like, in whilst. You know, you you see that Mel Streep's character is fascinated, you know, um, Susan Molina is fascinated with LaRoche. It really isn't until, you know, the drug aspect is interested. Like, you know, when she actually goes, I feel nothing for this orchid, and then LaRoche goes, Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure the reason they, they make well, it this? Yeah, the make it is because of this kind of kind of cool drug that you do afterwards, that you goes, "Oh my god, I'm connected now! Oh, wow, I can watch <laughs> ants on a
1: log. It's so amazing." <laughs> uh, now, the, 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 now the, this next uh, segment is going to—well, this could go forever. But what <laughs> questions did you have coming out of this movie? Um, okay,
2: yeah, I've got a, I've got a really pertinent one. Um I guess it's why did the like producers whoever go yes, this idea. actually, why? and like because it's you you know, you read some of the facts about it and uh, Susan Alline herself was actually strongly opposed to it. She actually said, no, nah, this this is rubbish. I can't I can't have this out in the world. Um, and her like you know someone who was like you know part of it said, oh well everyone else has said yes. And she's gone, oh, shit. Like I think, like, you know, it says in the fact that she felt emboldened to say yes. But I think really looking back, you know, like, looking at it and like looking at the film, oh, my God. Um, was it a fear of missing out? Like, you know, she's gone, oh, shit, other people have said yes. Like, maybe I should say yes. And that's where she's backed it. She's since gone on record saying, oh, yeah, it's a really great adaptation. Like, you know, I really love the, the screenplay of, you know, it's a fantastic, great film. But, yeah, she should have stuck to her guns. Why? Susan Lynn, what did she say? Yes. <laughs> that's that's what I want to answer.
0: Um I can um I've, I'll i tell you a quick funny story. Please do. Um I just cuz I was reading about it before we come on and I watched an interview with her about this and she was saying that how you know they said they, she wanted to do they wanted to do her movie her, her book and she was like, "Oh, okay, I guess you can try. You know, it's your problem." Um and so they uh, called her up and said, "Yeah, the script's done." Um, and she was like, okay, great, send it over. And they were like, actually, how about we meet for lunch? (laughs) Because the script wasn't... And so she goes, all right, and they went out for lunch, and she's like, okay, so have you got the script? And they were like, let's have a cocktail. (laughs) And um, apparently they ordered, had the cocktail, then they ordered some wine, and then um, she was quite drunk, apparently, when they gave her the script, and she just, apparently she uh, had a look... They said, Call me as soon as you've read it and she apparently opened it up and she was like, What the hell is this? Who who is this? This is the isn't this the writer? You know, and she's so she apparently skipped ahead a bunch of pages to see what's going on and then she finds herself on a porn site. She's like, Hang on a minute. <laughs> this doesn't make <laughs> this doesn't make any what is this? And so yeah, apparently her reaction was not good, uh, originally. But um, she got talked around after she was like, I can't have my real name in this, you've got to change my name and they're like, Everyone else has got real names in there, it has to be Yeah quite funny but anyway um other questions yeah uh do you have
1: more questions i had i had two um did donald's movie ever get made being that this is i don't know if it's if it's that's actually well i guess you know it's not real (laughs) real no i know but i'm just wondering (laughs) did this movie ever get made in some way shape or form i don't think so um and and my second question did did Charlie ever get to finish masturbating? He seemed to get interrupted a lot. He was pretty yeah, unlucky. He did,
2: didn't he? Was each, season, I know, seasonal lean just, one. Like he finally had relief there. That's what cleared <laughs> his mind. Yeah, possibly.
1: Um, so we'll just just quickly we'll flick over to uh, just some quick well, trivia. Oh well, well excellent. This is I've got I've lined up for that.
0: Oh wait, I didn't get to say my questions All that right, I had. Yeah, oh. go Glenn. All right, go, Glenn. My main question was how much of this is real and how much of this is fiction? Because I was just it's so blown away by how good it is and i actually looked it all up and read about it to figure it all out and so now i know the answer so that's good what is the answer (laughs) oh you uh um yeah um, apparently it's all real up until up until the seminar basically is apparently real or basically the first half is real until he yeah gets told change it, you know Wow well, yeah, in the band. Yeah, yeah Makes sense Change it like to make it Into a
1: Hollywood movie yeah. Yeah.
2: That's After that is where He engages with his Donald Who's like muse Creativity um, To actually sort of like You know How would you go Like you know How would you go Outland this Hollywood Writer and go from there So And that's what we get Glenn
1: Any other questions uh,
0: No no I didn't have any Other questions Alright Mike Over to you For some trivia Alright Actually one more question Was why doesn't
1: oh, Michael love this movie I think we've already gone sure, through that. I'm sure I've answered that. Yeah, I can yeah, I can, no. Uh, no, I can no. speak um, on about it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll get another we'll get another rant by the end of this uh this podcast. Uh, probably.
0: Yeah.
1: That's no, fine. Um okay, so like here's a like you know big film
2: big like you know big special effects films um require like a lot of time in the editing. Um this film uh you know probably on par spent a year and a half in the editing suites which is the second longest amount in Columbia's history, who obviously the other um, ones who kind of, like, you know, publish the film. Um, What other kind of interesting tribute was there? Uh, Nick Cage gets credited for both Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman individually. Uh, Robert McKee, the, like, you know, the real guy who's the film, um, you know, the film... You know, sort of con. You know, like you know, the book writer uh, who gives like uh, seminars. Um, suggested Brian Cox flame. So I actually, suggested the the guy Robert McKee's story. Thanks, Glenn. Um, yes, yeah, suggested Brian Cox flame. And like you know, again for me a highlight. I always love seeing Brian Cox. The the actual kind of talent agent is based on a real guy.
1: I also I noted that there was Nicholas Cage. Um, said that during this film he ignored all of his acting instincts and just simply played the part of, of Charlie Kaufman as director Spike Jones asked him to, uh, which he actually then received an Academy Award nomination for it. Mm. Much respect for um, Nick Cage.
2: But it could it have been, like, he'd just gone, this film is so whack, I just don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> you know, what do you think, Nick? <laughs> uh, obviously, you no, know, um, Spike? It's like, yeah, you do it like this. And he's gone, you know what, I'm just going to do it like that. So yeah, no, I can I can see
1: how that's a just do it how this guy says because I mean that guy. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, and all well, all the three main stars of Con Air, which is uh, which is quite ironic, uh, appear in this film: Nicholas Cage, John Malkovich, and John Cusack. This is true.
2: Although you gotta argue, did they just kind of like you know appear because they were in being John Malkovich, rather than actually being in the uh adaptation well i guess technically
1: yeah that probably that is probably true except for john cusack because i think he comes in later in the film yeah
2: you do like and there's actually you know you do see john cusack and the the woman who played the sign and Other in that film kind of you know like you know in roles there like you know they're actually in the Color rather than video stuff.
0: Yeah, they recreated they recreated the set, Béla Munkváth set for this movie. Impressive. Um,
2: the belly in Nicolas Cage's fat suit in this movie was stuffed with lentils and beads to simulate body fat jiggling, and understandably Cage sweated so much that the lentils lentils sprouted. There's some there's some trivia for you. Oh, that's uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, oh, wait, wait, sorry. <clears throat> Something's a bit Hang tickly on, in my guys. flat suit. You know, holy crap, there's green in there. Give
1: yeah. me, I need another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's at this time of the podcast now that we're going to give our scores. Now, our scores are out of 10. So the total score for this movie will be out of 30, and we will keep track of these as we continue to go on so we can try and determine which is... What we rate as our best movie and what we also rate would be our worst movie now we'll start off now mike i'm going to throw over to you Mm -hmm. and i'll glenn i'll throw to you last because i'm pretty sure i know where you're i think we're going to have a fairly polar difference between these two used to this is going to be like basically i think mike was going to be more charlie and glenn's going to be more donald that's my tip uh but mike give us a score out of 10. Uh, three. three. Three is where I'm going. Um,
2: Don't, like... You out, know, of 10, out, of 10, out of ten, not out, out 10. of
0: three.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's like, if it was of out of three, it'd be a point <laughs> two. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: like, I, you know, I, I could have... You know, I want my time back. I want my time back from, like, you know, when I first watched it, and I want my time back from now. I guess, like, you know, we, we watch drama to kind of... We do see, like, you know, as people with their baggage and writers kind of doing really clever, but I think it's... Um, and whilst Glenn will say it's clever, I think, I think the guy was lazy and he kind of he got stuck and could have just said no, but he's too neurotic to actually kind of go, on. nah, I can't do this. Um, and look, you know, I guess he has, but damn, it, it's just, yeah, I can't, I'm just like, I'm so frustrated with this film. Um, yeah, watching neurotic people and their baggage and like, you know, watch that play out is not fun. I guess you know and despite some wonderful performances um, I would have preferred to re-watch a classic 80s comedy where the incredible happens rather than this train wreck of a film
1: <laughs> I'll, uh, just say okay. three and
0: leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> okay uh,
1: I'll, I'll go next, purely because I, I, I disagree, Michael, in some ways. I think this is clever, be, simply because he a guy, he's a guy that's been asked or tasked to write a screenplay about a book. He's incapable of doing it, but he still managed to write a screenplay about the screenplay of writing the book. If, hang on, no, I think I've stuffed that up. But anyway, I think I said it perfectly before. Um, so he's actually still managed to make himself some money with an inability to actually do the job that he was tasked. So, well played. Charlie. Um, I'm going to give it a five, which I reckon later in Generous as we continue stuff. to Generous go on stuff. with this, yeah. as we go, as I said, I, I'm, I knew I'd probably in the, be in the middle of you two. <clears throat> it, it started slowly. I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Once I started to tweak exactly what was going on, then it went into the Hollywood stuff, which is probably more my happiness of an area of movie. Uh, and we got in a bit of action. It, look, as I said before, you don't have the cast. This movie is probably a train wreck, um, but I think they made it. They were able to make this movie what it was. So I give it a five out of ten, but probably won't watch it again. Uh, Glenn, I'm going to throw it over to you.
0: Can you go to eleven in out of ten? If, or I, can't, is that just if I can't make it out
1: of three, you can't make it out of the ten. Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be within, the, I think, an 11 out of 10 for this is interesting, but okay.
0: No, no, no. no. I, I was actually thinking 9 uh, earlier, but now I'm thinking 10.
1: <laughs> now, hang on, Are you just saying 10 to try and make up for Michael's 3? You thought Michael would no, go a bit no. high.
0: So you're going a 10 because out of 10. I, uh, I just looked up my list of favorite movies ever, and it's number 4 on there, so it's pretty high. There's not much better. So that means um, you'll so have three cool.
1: other movies that would be 10 out of 10 as well.
0: Yes. Yes, if we ever get there.
1: <laughs> that'd be interesting if we get there. Well, right, it, so, it would, One would say it'd be a cinematic leap. It would, it,
0: well, we're well, late. I, so, I know at least one of them. I think Michael hates as well. Is that The Ice <laughs> Storm?
1: I actually haven't
2: seen The Ice Storm, so I don't know, but I've never watched it based oh. on your recommendation. <laughs>
0: No, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. Oh, all right my number one.
1: Incidentally, <laughs> The Ice Storm is another movie that I have simply not been able to finish. Um, other Outside of La La Land, which was another one of Glenn's oh, suggestions. I but know. anyway, uh, so for if we add up the scores for adaptation with Mike giving a three, uh, myself giving a five, and Glenn giving a ten, that gives us a score of 18 out of 30. So, obviously, that's currently situated in the number one spot because it's the only movie we've done so far. More than a (laughs) disease. All right. So, we'll now move on to our cinematic leap. Cinematic leap. Now, Glenn, that was your pick. So, you actually don't get a say in the next selection. We're about to take our cinematic leap for the first time. Michael, you are the chooser of the actor, director or person involved in the film, and then I get to choose said film from there. What have you got for us?
2: Well, it's a tough one. There's a lot of kind of, you know, well, not a lot, there's like a key, key um, stars in there. But I guess like, I think the next person I'm intrigued in, uh, it's actually Brian Cox. I'm gonna go with Brian Cox.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. Right, <laughs> well, okay, that's, uh, that's my life. A little hard, I'm not yeah, going to really lie. Really. I did some research before and I thought, oh, I'm not a fan I, of him. I was really hoping for actually, a Chris Cooper selection. Chris Cooper? I'm not going to lie. He's he's in a movie that I really like, which we won't spoil because we may end up coming back to it. Um, I was hoping too to get Maggie Gyllenhaal. Glenn chose this movie, which is a movie I probably wouldn't watch very often. Oh, I really yeah. wanted you to pick her so I could make Glenn watch White House <sighs> Down. It's a cracking uh, action oh, adventure flick. But, um, Brian Cox, so just having a very quick squeeze. Thankfully, thankfully, he actually appears in a movie that Chris Cooper also does. Um, great film. Now it's not long ago, Kiss Goodnight, which late is 90s, a very good action movie from the uh, what, early nineties, I think. Uh, late great, late nineties. Great Gina Davis and Samuel. L. Um, Kiss the girls. Another. Uh, Samuel, no. So, Morgan, it's a Morgan Freeman movie. Very good movie. But I think we're going to choose the start of one I of my favourite series. We're going to have The Born Identity. So, next time. How did you come over that
0: so fast? I'm still, still scrolling through all these the
1: movies. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Because I, I was looking at. I, I didn't have Brian Cox. I, I thought he'd be the least. He probably wouldn't be picked. He was in the back of my mind. I was hoping for a Chris Cooper, oh, and he he was also in the, both the Born Identity and the Born Supremacy. So when I was having a look at that, I realised, and I thought, oh, hang on, all right, we can, I can kill, I can get a, kill in a movie that I really like. I had it uh, covered with two actors. So do your research identity. early, that Glen. That's um, what I'm, You that's might my be picking that
0: Damon next 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 time we uh, are recording, prepared? Richard. Oh, oh, hang on. You get to pick the actor, Glen. Mate, I might pick Chris oh, I Cooper. pick the right? actor, and yeah. hope that you and pick the movie that I really maybe. like. Um, yeah, of course. Well, what would you? Yeah, I have to have a mm. think about that. <laughs> that's it, that's for
1: next time, on mm. the cinematic leap.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: Beautiful. Thanks all for listening. We'll see. You, we'll talk to you next time. Hey Doc,
0: we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to eighty-eight roads. Where well, we're going, we don't need roads. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic leap.